tonight, your service tonight, through our evangelist hands and challenge. So. Those hats made us wise, wouldn't come around them. 
So they'll walk around looking crazy because they don't want to deal with these flies. <laughs> we are going to have a time. So I'm going to preach a sermon I'm going to call the No Fly Zone. It is on. Oh, it is on. It is on. It is on. Exodus chapter number 8, verse number 20. And the Lord said to Moses, Rise early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh as he comes out to water. And then say to him, Thus says the Lord, Let my people go, that they may serve me. Or else. Someone say, Or else. <laughs> or else. I, if you will not let my people go, I will send swarms of flies on you and your servants and your people and into your houses. The houses of the Egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies and also the ground on which they stand. And in that day, I will set apart. Don't turn my mic down. Change that. So what? The no fly zone is about. 
Our message of the night. I'm inspired. Reaching no fly zone. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it's a the no fly zone. Exodus 8:23. I will make a difference between my people and your people. Tomorrow this sign will be. Every year I read through the Bible in a different translation. So the year I wrote this sermon, I wrote it in the New Living Translation. Listen to what it says. Y'all ready? I will make a clear distinction between my people and yours. God said that he will make a clear distinction. This word means a, a difference or contrast between similar things or people. I mean, of the Lord, he said, I will separate sheep from goats. <coughs> Hello, somebody. So the first thing we need to see is that this is something that he will do. That you and I don't make ourselves different. Come on, are you listening? We don't make ourselves different. This comes naturally. Galatians 5, verse number 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, that word. And so, so if you take a minute and examine what it's saying right there, all of these things are things that are manifest naturally in the flesh. Are you with me? These are the things that we did by nature. But God redeems a person and then when he does, these things that used to be natural somehow become unnatural. We are changed. In a moment of time, we are born again. And with this experience of, of being born again, like a baby in the womb, we don't sip on the water in the womb, and womb anymore. Now there's a new thing we breathe in. It's called air. It's called oxygen. So when we are born again, there is a shift that occurs. And with this shift comes new desires, comes new longings, comes a new heart. The Bible says there is a new nature. All things have passed away and all things become new. This is not by something we do. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says that it is a gift of God lest we become filled with pride and begin boasting. Why change myself? No, 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 you did not. 2 Corinthians 4, 7, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of, of the glory may be of God and not of us. 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 10 in this, the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness, is not of God. There's that word manifest. Peter says we are partakers of the divine nature. And so with this, now we manifest the right.
righteousness of God. And so God, in our text in Exodus, said, I will make a clear distinction between my people and all the people of Egypt. We know Egypt is a type of the world. I will make a difference between my people and the world. Jesus said that we're in the world, but we're not of Now, I got excited when I read all this, and even though I have recently worked this sermon out, maybe in the last year and a half or so, I'll, I'll never forget the experience that made this come to life for me. I left work, beloved, on a Friday. I was filled with anger, filled with hate, filled with greed, lust. I was filled with all manner, manner of unrighteousness, cursing, lying. I was filled with all kinds of troubles in the military. I left work that way on Friday. And what happened? I went to church on Sunday. First time. Said one prayer. Never prayed before. First time I prayed, I go back to that same place I left Friday on Monday. And all of my co-workers are telling me something's different about you. Now I raised up. Because whenever they said that, it was always how I did do something. I was trying to get out of it. Now I'm in trouble. This time I did nothing. And so I rose up. No, I didn't do nothing this weekend. So we're fighting back. No, 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 you did do something. My LPO said, no, no, no. Chase, you did do something. What did you do this week? I did nothing. I cursed. Break, blink. They said, no, 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 no. Something's different. I didn't do nothing. I went to church. And they said, ah, that's what's different about you. And that stuck in my head. How did they see it? How did they see it? And it wasn't just one, two, or three. It was like everybody. I had no clue. I didn't go to work and say, okay, I'm going to try not to be Tony. That's all I know how to do. I didn't try to make myself God said, I will make a distinction. And then he said, this will be miraculous sign. In other words, we cannot make this happen. Say it again. It's a miracle. You realize that when we get our hearts brought up and we are converted, it is a miracle. I tell folks all the time, the greatest miracle is not your leg growing out. The greatest miracle is what happens in you, not to you. That Christ comes and lives in us. And this is the greatest of miracles. Our text states that this is a type of judgment from God. Now we know if you're a Bible student that there were three others that were before this. And one that was turned to blood. There was frogs that invaded the whole land. There was a lice infestation. But see right here, God is now going to judge or bring judgment upon them. And this time he called flies. But this time will not only be flies, that is the miracle. That the other plagues the people of God had to suffer through as well. But this one, now I'm going to show Pharaoh, you will have the plagues through me. But my people won't. Exodus 8, 23, I 
will make a difference between my people and yours. Tomorrow, this sign shall be. There will be no flies on them. Down in Goshen, it is a no-fly zone. When them flies are swarming, landing and buzzing around the homes and terrorizing the people of Egypt, and they're all getting crazy and going insane and going mad because of all of these flies, Pharaoh will then rise up and run all the way down to Goshen, and he will run to the place where the people of God are located, and then, observing with his own eyes, he will be looking for flies. He will not be there in Goshen because he wants their worship team. He won't be in Goshen because they got some fancy preacher. They're not going to be there because of the building accommodations. No, he's not looking for all the accommodations of Goshen. He is going there for one reason. He is going to see if it's true. Because God said, I will make a distinction between your dwelling and theirs. He will be looking to see if there are flies. There's no flies. He's going to be forced to confess out of his own mouth. God is Some folks are already trying to figure out where I'm going. Now you already know. <laughs> God is here. Okay, so when folks come to church, with all the various issues that will cause lives, terrorizing their lives, it would be an absolute shame if they come into the house of God and the same flies terrorizing them are terrorizing you and I. <laughs> the same drink. I was just sitting out on the board on preaching and one of the people was telling me, yeah, the preacher down the, street, down the street said it's okay to drink. Well, say that to the drunk who just destroyed his family. How does that work? How does that work? <coughs> like I told someone else, I guess Jesus is a bartender. That's what they like to say. Oh, he, he makes wine. He, he turned water to wine. So he's a bartender now, right? <laughs> so the same drink terrorizing others. <laughs> the same porno. Huh? The same porno. Molesting others and destroying families and, and reducing a husband to the crust of bread. All up in the church. Same drugs. Destroying families and lives. And that demon that we're trying to cast out of society, yet it's location oftentimes is often in the center of the church. People, you know, justifying their craving, justifying their need. Same lies. Same attitude. Same slander. 
Ferguson running into the house of God, running to the church. They finally get to her grandma said, baby, just get to the church house. Just get to Ghostin. And I'm telling you, sweetie, all them lines in the body, they finally make it up into the house of God. And the same flies, buzzing and tormenting them. Got them weary, just running. They land into the house of God. They find the same flies. Flying in their face. Where do we find flies swarming? I looked it up, don't worry. Anywhere where there is trash piling up, sitting around, you will always find flies. Garbage, manure, sewage, rotted foods, putrid things, dirty animals they collect. It says they congregate and swarm in mass at things that are defiled and decaying and dead. They defile everything they land in. If a fly landed in this water, and I just took the fly out, and said, here we go. Oh, hey, catch it. Oh, that is it. Oh, that is it. Oh, yeah. See? Would you drink it? How'd you do it? Yes. Right? You can drink that, ain't even open. I didn't put my big lips on it. I thought about it. <laughs> but you ain't drinking it. Why? Because you realize it's nasty. They define everything in that. They multiply and they hatch their eggs in an atmosphere where things are untouched, unsanitized, and unclean. Listen, please. That is why churches that do not judge sin always are filled with immoral people. This is why the world outside says, yeah, yeah, the church is full of hypocrites. Maybe because they party with them on Saturday. This is why churches that don't judge sin Filled with unrighteous, ungodly. They congregate, they swarm into a place where sin is never swept up, never judged and condemned. You know, it's a carnal person's dream to buzz into a church that has no standards for holiness. Mm. It's their dream. One article said flies love things like garbage, manure, and anything else left out in a warm environment like the chicken you left thawing on your counter. House flies don't feed off human flesh. They get their nutrients from spitting saliva on their food, which liquefies it so they can suck it up in their sponge-like mouths. I failed. I, I meant to have some chicken today. <laughs> Every time I carry the trash out to my house and place it, I always see it. Even before I get to the dumpster to lift it up, I'm all up in there. 
One website said the easiest way to keep flies out of your home is to keep things clean. <laughs> Don't leave food lying around. Make sure you take out the garbage on a regular basis and wipe up messes right away. It says fly infestations are often found on farms because it's hard to keep them from breeding in the readily available manure. Is there a readily available manure here? Folks, I've known this church since its beginning, so quit your <coughs> I'm like the big brother. Flies, are there flies in the church? 2 Corinthians 6, 17, Therefore, come out from among them. Be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive it. you got to feel what I'm saying here. God said that when there are no flies, it is a miracle. Can you feel it? When there are no flies, it is a miracle. Listen, people don't always come to church looking for Jesus. Sometimes they come to see if it's true. No flies? John 12 and verse number 9. Now a great many of the Jews knew that he was there, speaking of Jesus. And they came, not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might also see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. <laughs> this miracle is really you know Pharaoh will come to Goshen with the intent to find flies I wonder if he were to come here tonight or come to your house or come to your fellowship would he find dead things would he find base and unclean conversations would he find all manner of unrighteousness the same stuff he would find buzzing in the streets of Egypt. Ephesians 4 29, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. There are flies around your conversation. I didn't even make it into the terminal swatting flies. Is that what it's like when people start coming by you? <laughs> you know, when we barbecue, how many like the barbecue? I love smoked meat. You got to do it outside. I love, I love barbecue. You know, the flies are the greatest pest. They land on everything. They buzz around. They vex you. You're outside. And it's all in vain, we know this. The whole goal is to hurry up and get inside and keep the flies out. They don't tell you, your barbecue, you gotta be out there, you gotta come to the you gotta do what you Your goal is to get back inside quickly and, and bring the food. But <laughs> if we keep opening and closing the door, the chance of a fly or two, you know how stealth they are, shoosh, Getting in, it's like they land on the door and they just wait for you to open it. So you go, the chances of them getting in increases with every swing of the door. 
And then once they're in, we just uh, dramatize them. Once they're in, it's like this hunt. And everyone gets it in them. Everyone becomes a hunter. You're like, see? How many know what I'm talking about? All of the schemes we develop to try and get rid of it. We end up looking silly. My wife used to make fun of me, but I got this bag for ice water. It's from Harvard. I love that. That's America's store. You put batteries in this one. You want a little button? It looks like a tennis racket. It ain't no tennis racket. And plus, come around, you got a squat hall. That's going to be. And it's like. And then they get stuck in the net, and they're like. And then I'm like, gotcha. And I hold the button, it's like. I saw when he pulls up into my house. This is 
just me. I'm a military boy. Military is dress right, dress. You know, you get done. It's just me. I fold my t-shirts. I'd probably iron them if I had time. That's just how I am. All right, that's just me. So the first thing I saw when this guy pulled up was his car. Not just his car, but the dashboard that I couldn't see because I was a cracker. Cups, paper, wrappers, receipts, books, tools. I'm like, is there a dashboard under that? But he was living in there. That's the first thing I saw. Second thing I saw is when he opened his door, I saw the guy had stepped out. He looked like a dashboard. I'm not making fun. I'm being serious. I should have snapped a picture and used that. I was thoroughly angered that you would even waste your time. I live in a nice neighborhood. We're clean people. And you're serious? Serious? You know what he looked like? He looked like he just woke up from two weeks worth of sleep. No joke. He looked like a, he, he, and I'm not making fun, I'm making a point. So relax. He looked like he grabbed his clothes from the bottom of a two-week hammer. There were wrinkles, just jeans and his own shirt, but it was wrinkled. It was like a wrinkle. I mean, the dryer would have taken it out. So it's like, oh, yeah, I went to your business, but I don't care what I look like. Wrong answer. So since he's wasting his time, I'll let him waste some more and just walk around my house. So as he's walking around my house, God is my witness. He's talking to me, and as he's talking to me, I don't want to, I just door down. So, you know, you got to preach that sermon here. You guys know. And so it's like, I can't help him. I'm just here in his teeth. Okay. It's almost like critters are walking on. I go. Lord, help me here, please. I'm not trying. I'm looking at him. He bends down next to my pool. And as he bends down next to my pool, he begins to tell me, yeah, what I tried to do is I do all this. And no matter what he is saying, I am watching all the flies while I jump off. And you know what's somewhere in my all the flies left what was somewhere in the yard, and they're landing on him. <laughs> and as they're landing on him, one lands on his ear, the other one lands on his nose, another one's like right around his neck, right around, and he's, it's like it was nothing to him. He's like, oh yeah, and so what? And he's sitting there talking to me, and I'm looking at the flies going, I've got my church. That's how it's called. Pastor, I'm going to pick him up. Are you serious? Where's he going to sit? On your snicker bar wrapper? Serious? I can feel you. God said to Pharaoh, you will have them. But my will have no flies. None. No flies. You know, God specializes in this. 
And the beauty of this is that it comes from the people of God, and the people of God were just living their lives. They're just doing what was required of them. They were just serving. They were just making bricks. That's what they were doing. They were just making bricks. They were just working and laboring and doing what was required. And all the while, in the background, God was covering them from the pestilence that was swarming the land of This was the first time that God said, I will place a distinction. But he did it again. He said to Adam, he said of darkness, he said of the firstborn. He said they'll have no flies. They did have lives. They had no plague on their cattle. And they had their firstborn spared. And this is all a miraculous supernatural event. And they had no They're just doing what they do. Living for God. And he is glorious. You know what God is doing? He is revealing distinction. I came home from evangelizing a couple years ago. And I, my wife just pulled into our driveway. Got my bags in the back. I had me walking out. And my brother called he lives in Sacramento. I'll talk to him off. Very angry, angry guy. He grew up horribly angry over our, our, our childhood. So anyways, he calls me and says, Tony, I'm at your house. Now I'm at my house. Come on. That's all it took for him to get back. I said, I'm at your house. I said, no, you're not. I'm at my house. I just got home. <laughs> and so he got really lifted. I said, three, four, one, one. That's my own house. <laughs> he said, I moved. I'm around the corpse. Well, he said, Oh, where is it? So I said, I have And here he comes driving around the corpse. I look at him. You know, I haven't seen my brother in years. So, what are you doing here? He said, I just flew in. He parked for a car. You know, he's got all this money, so he flew in just to get some parts at this big park store and go back to LA. I said, Why don't you stay? Come to church with me. He didn't want to hear that. So, we walk into the house. Check this out. Walk into the house. It's my first time being home. My daughter comes my dogs come out, my wife, everyone there. So I just wanted, one of her mother-in-law was alive then. She came, and it's just wonderful. Guys, listen, just how we live with our life. And within five minutes, my brother goes, can we go outside? I said, yeah. We walk outside. And my brother says, he shuts the door, puts his hand on the edge of the door. I'll never forget it. He drops his head. My brother was my hero growing up. Four years old. I've never seen him cry. I've got cars, I've got all these sales, I've got all these gadgets, I've got houses, and I don't withhold anything. Trying to buy what I just saw that you have. I have no car. He came to church, wept from Pastor Campbell preaching, and changed his ticket, got saved in the church. Amen. What I'm saying is, what in the world? I have no clue. We're just living life. Sometimes we don't even know that the Lord is blessing us. That there are dangers that are right outside the door. But as we just love God, serve the best that we can, and live the life he has given us, all the while, 
He is protecting. He is covering. He is setting us up to be a landmark. He is setting your life up to be a notable, observable miracle, a distinction, a contrast between people. No price. No price. But see, listen to me. That was for them in Goshen. Goshen is the place where God blessed. Your geographical location in life is critical. Someone said the will of God has an address. Tonight will place a clear distinction. I will place a clear distinction. Goshen and you. Well, I can go wherever I want to go. God will be with me everywhere. He is with me in all places. He said two or three are gathered. There I am in the midst. Well, use that in this point. Goshen. I go where I want. Really? Goshen will have no place. Exodus 8, 24, thick swarms of flies came into the house of Pharaoh, into his servants' houses, into all the land of Egypt. The land was corrupted because of the swarms of flies. The land was filled with flies except Goshen. You with me? The miracle of God is connected with obedience to be where we are supposed to be. Jesus, he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. I will build my church. The church is the ecclesia, the called out assembly, the people of God called out of darkness into his marvelous life. People, it is a gathering place of the people of God. So we say we want God to build our life. How many want God to build your life? Then you need to be where he's building lives. In the assembly. It doesn't mean everything is perfect in the assembly. They were making bricks. They were in a place of slavery. Yet in the background, in Goshen, God was keeping them from the swarms of flies. One man said it best. He said, location, location, location. Not your house. Not with friends. Not watching the football game tonight. Not at the beach. Listen, Goshen. Genesis 12 and verse number 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to the land I will show you. No blessing for Abraham in the earth to come. Get out from your family and go to where I will show you. That would be Goshen for him. So first Kings 17 and verse number 2. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Get away from here and turn eastward. Hide by the brook Cherethim, which flows into the Jordan. It will be that you shall drink from the brook. And I have commanded the ravens, the ravens to feed you there. The brook Cherith, Goshen. Ravens are going to drop food there. No ravens anywhere else. There. Well, God, I want to be here. There. You know, some people never know the provision of God, that God is a God who can provide, because they're never in the place where God said he would provide. They never put themselves in the arena where God is lowering handfuls on purpose. No, if Ruth is going to be able to pick up what the Lord is laying down on purpose for her, she's got to clean and Boaz's field. She can't demand that anywhere else. 
1 Kings 17 and verse number 8, then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow to provide for you. I have commanded a widow to provide. Not anywhere. I can go wherever I want. Really, it don't work here. Goshen, you want supply? Go to Goshen. Matthew 28.10. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. There. Not anywhere. There. Go to Galilee. Well, I don't want to go to Galilee. You'll never see him. Thomas was not there. And even though we don't see doubting Thomas as a biblical name, that's what we know him as. Why? Because he wasn't there and was full of doubt when he showed himself to everyone else who was there. Why well, will not believe was Thomas' statement. And forever he is known as doubting Thomas. Is that you? You're always doubting God. Always double-minded concerning his ability to provide. Listen, he said, I will make a distinction between you and the world. I'll do this. When they come here to our homes and sit in our conversations, we can be honest. Hey, you know what? God's here. And where God is, there's no flies. It's a miracle. Let me close with a thought. When flies have been around for a while, unjudged, not easy to move. We try everything. We try fly fishing, water traps, fly swapping. It's all tiresome. You know what I did? I bought an old, old, old trap. I bought an old Jeep. I buy everything really, really old from sitting there. And I wheeled them into my garage. And what happens is inside of these old cars, pack rats are notorious for getting in. They rip up everything, they eat up everything, and they poop and pee on everything. And even though I clean it out and do all this, it's in the car, it's in nooks and crannies. And, and I, I have these things sitting, and all of a sudden, the only flies in my neighborhood are flies in the house. You know, you can bring some things into your house, and even though you might try your best to be right, it's crazy things that you've invited into your home that's attractive. Hmm. Hello, society. Sometimes it takes a miracle to get rid of it. Exodus 8 and 30. So Moses left Pharaoh's palace and pleaded with the Lord to remove all the flies. And the Lord did as Moses asked and caused the swarms of flies to disappear from Pharaoh, his officials, and his people. Not a single fly Maybe in your home, in your marriage, maybe with your resource, your children, maybe in your mind, with your emotions, your morals, lies, just everybody. Well, ignoring it's not going to get you there. Acting like the pool guy is not going to get you there. We have to confess. We got to plead, and more than likely, we need to get help. The Bible says Moses. And God responded to Moses.
Moses is clear and not a sin of judgment. You know what's an intriguing thing? Is you and I can live with no We can Tormentors are gone. No problem. Anyone who declares that you cannot be saved until you believe in Jesus Christ is damned. And with this comes the miracle of God working in the human heart. I challenge you today to be honest. I said it this morning. Father, we love you. Thank you. God, you are merciful and kindness. 